Welcome to Impressions, a podcast of non-genre-specific, impressionistic music recommendations. There's an accompanying Spotify playlist for each episode. You can find it on our website, impressionspodcast.com. You might want to listen to the songs before or after this episode, or you might want to listen along with us. We'll give you a cue. I got an impression. My name is Busy Hemphill. My name is Nick Forrest. Oh, the living dead. Aren't we all the living dead? Like, isn't our (laughs) final form dead? Currently, we're living, but we're actually the living dead. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It's dark. (laughs) What state are we in if not a constant liminal state between life and death? So I love the idea of the zombie. I think of the way the zombie was used in um, Night of the Living Dead. The zombie has just sort of appeared in our pop culture, like pretty consistently. Nowadays, the zombie, sort of this person who's disconnected from reality, or they just completely succumbed to capitalism. The, The ways in which like your daily grind turns you into a zombie. I will say I was definitely thinking about the zombie, but I was also thinking about the hidden ways in which we are all kind of zombies or the hidden ways in which you realize like, Maybe someone you know is a monster or like I was trying to situate this idea of the monster in the everyday in a way that's threatening when you see it and notice it, but also just kind of like fits into like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It makes sense why that person would be a monster. Mm-hmm. So the everyday monster. Yeah. This first song, it's by this musician called Larice. Um, He is kind of a weirdo, freaky disco guy. He started his career in the 70s and has kind of consistently been making really eclectic, really weird albums albums ever since i saw him in concert here in philadelphia this is not a diss on him he, he kind of looks like a budget version of like elton john but even more weird and disco-y <laughs> he's really fun i really really love him a lot <laughs> so this first song is called dark side of your face and i think it gets at that moment where you realize perhaps someone is not who you think they are impressions I like that this song hides the horrors. Like if you didn't listen to the lyrics, it just feels like a super groovy, dancey, you know, late Mm -hmm. 60s jam. Lots of like scarves and arms kind of Uh flailing. (laughs) If you actually listen to the lyrics, it shows a much darker side. I mean, I wrote down Jekyll and Hyde. The song sounds, you know, like this flower power, like boomers dancing at Woodstock in the background. Definitely. That's just so ingrained in my head as a as a cultural moment or whatever you know like Mm -hmm. there's a lyric in there where it sounds like he's like murdered his best friend or like there's some sort Mm. of like fight right in the middle that Larisse kind of decides to like triumphantly battle and like it sounds like he just sort of defeats the monster or at least as a way is able to successfully flee Mm. so in my mind I had like someone driving with a long scarf perhaps in their like Carmen Ghia from Mm. the 60s like (laughs) Out of a coastal city, probably in California, as they escape whatever horror they experienced. Yeah, it feels really cinematic. Perhaps, like, the police arrive at, like, a cult house, and there are hundreds of peaceful dead in a ritual death pack. And, like, kind of as you zoom out, (laughs) this song is playing, right? Yikes. But, yeah, totally. I think it's because I've, like, consumed so much media and documentaries and whatnot, but that's such a 70s image to me. Well, I lied and I begged and I feel like no tomorrow Like a fool, I did the things you wanted to 
It also reminds me of like being in an abusive relationship mm-hmm. or realizing that like there's something off or something toxic or something bad about a relationship that you previously thought was like nurturing and sustaining. Mm-hmm. There's that horror in realizing like, oh, wow, like perhaps I'm not seeing things for how they really are. So there's that kind of horror. And there's a personal reveal where the singer is just like, no, I, I saw the dark side of his face. And what's so sad is that he's the only one who seemed to be seeing it. Like he keeps saying like it's lonely seeing this. Okay. This brings me to a question. Yeah. Is Larice talking about himself? Maybe. It, like Ooh, when he yeah. says, I'm so lonely, like yeah. this is a side that nobody else sees of him. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like you see the darkest side of yourself. Sure. And often sure. it's so shameful and it's stuff you never want to share with anybody. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like it's stuff that even like in therapy, you're like, oh, I'm embarrassed because I don't want you to think less of exactly. me. Exactly. I could see him sort of like looking in a mirror and just trying to reconcile who he is on the outside versus who he is on the inside. and Maybe Loris is actually just talking about his whole generation. Maybe. We have this side that's like <laughs> hippie, groovy, everybody love each other. We're going to yeah. like create this like, you know, multicultural utopia. Right. And then you have the dark side of your face, which is what actually happened yeah. in the reality. He's like verbally abusing a customer service representative on speakerphone in a Target, you know, like... <laughs> There's the dark side of that face. Like, oh yeah, you want peace and love now? You like getting high in your VW Beetle convertible at Woodstock? Like, were you also like calling a random woman who like lives in Texas a bitch <laughs> publicly? So <laughs> explain that to me. She's just doing, She's just her, doing job. her job. <laughs> <laughs> The title of this next song is Don't Worry, If There's a Hell Below, We're All Gonna Go. And it just makes me think of how we're all kind of living on borrowed time. Mm -hmm. We are the living dead in that we're all headed to the same place. And we're all kind of in this terrible boat together. Don't Worry, If There's a Hell Below, We're All Gonna Go by Curtis Mayfield. So it starts with this like crowding of voices. You hear someone reciting the Bible. The woman reciting sounds unconvinced of the prayers or it just sounds sort of like memorized and mechanical. And like there's, I don't feel like there's real like belief or passion behind it. This is something that she's been told over and over. Mm-hmm. So she's like, yeah, if you just read it, everything would be better. There's a scream that interrupts it. There's a call to attention. And then we descend down to hell. And then <laughs> just because the instrumental part, you know, it sustains throughout the entire like seven and a half minutes of the song. And I think because the the beat is pretty driving, it's a train. I know we talk about trains a lot, but it's like this train that's kind of going along. And as it's on its way to hell, more people get on. And so you start adding more Mm, and more layers. Hell's a party because everyone you know (laughs) and all of your friends are there. And there's this sort of joyous sense that like, well, you know, if we're all being told we're going to hell, wouldn't you want to just be with all the people you love forever? And like the, all the best people are going to be there. So it kind of like renders the idea of hell meaningless 
Or at least it kind of reclaims this idea. It's not necessarily punishment if we're all going there, you know, like, or it's not Mm. really different from where we are right now in the real world. Right, right. It's definitely a song of protest. It's a song that's situated in a moment in time in like, what, the early 70s. But like, there is such a joyousness and a celebration and this twisted, dark block party almost where we're all sort of dancing around. There's all these echoey voices. Yes. It sounds like they're coming from mm-hmm. hell. One of my favorite things that happens again and again uh, is the don't worry that's in echoes. Yes. Processing it in that way and having the echoes and also having that repeated throughout the song, um, it's it's thus then repeated like exponentially. So that really feels like this assurance that we're always trying to tell everybody of just don't think too hard about what's happening. Mm-hmm. Just don't worry. Don't mm-hmm. worry about it. Don't worry about it. Like, don't poke the bear. Don't think too much about the systems that you exist in. Just don't worry. Like, Nixon says, don't worry. That's the first time Uh you hear it. So, Uh yeah, having this person of authority, and I think you could relate that Bible verse to it, too, of, like, all these people in authority saying, like, don't worry. And Mm -hmm. you just hear it echoed again and again by everybody. I saw this video. I think it was on TikTok or something. Some platform that I'm too old for. Um, Someone had (laughs) compiled just a bunch of videos of people running through, just, like, exercising, like, running for fitness through protests or through disasters or through things that, like, you shouldn't be running to. Like, they were most mostly white they were mostly men yeah and it was just like joggers running past like BLM protests or just like wildfires even mm. so it flooded in Philadelphia um, a couple weeks ago during Hurricane I- Ida and this big path was completely wiped out there was just a bunch of mostly white men just jogging next to this raging mud-like wow. terrifying river as if it wasn't happening mm. you know, they were not worried they were told not to worry, and so they were not worried. That's an image. Just talk about don't worry. They say don't worry. They say don't worry. They say don't worry. I can interpret an echo in a lot of ways, but one way I love to interpret the echo is that it's just a repetition across time. It's sort of this disembodied repetition that is hard to break out of or possibly impossible. Mm. Every time you hear it, it's the original voice, but it's changed a little bit depending on the, the time or the situation. It and finds the space. It, and the space it finds itself in. So I think like echo as a metaphor in this sort of political apocalyptic context is really powerful and really interesting. There's these defiant strings that come in. They're really staccato. And Mm -hmm. to me, that felt like somebody is trying to get a message through. They're like trying to 
share this clarity that Mm -hmm. they have Mm -hmm. with other people, but there's just so much around it. And it eventually goes back into the lyrics and kind of gets swallowed up and just becomes kind of part of the narrative. At the end, it fades out, but then it comes back. But the way that it fades out, they do some kind of distortion and it felt like thunder. Like it really was like, oh, this is the apocalypse. Mm -hmm. This is Mm -hmm. the end times. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, you hear a little bit of drums and a little bit of bass. And it just was like the dying breath of humanity. Oh, man. Yeah. Continuing this idea of the zombie, um, we're now in sort of a zombie apocalypse situation. The, the term zombie apocalypse gets thrown around a lot. I don't really love it. It's I find it a little bit corny, but this is that song. Honestly, I've been wanting to play this band. They're called Ohrut, spelled A-U-R-A-T, which means woman, women in Urdu. They sing mostly in Urdu and English. It's kind of a new goth industrial band I've added to, to my like stash of goth industrial things I keep fairly secret. <laughs> That's the dark side of my face. But yeah, this song is called Nasha. It has a, a bunch of nuanced meetings in Urdu, but it means addiction or infection, or this idea of your body is suddenly kind of taken over by an outside force. Mm. So this is called Nasha by Orut. Impressions. That song made me feel like I was being chased, or that there was definitely something that I needed to be aware of and move away Mm. from consistently and keep Mm. moving forward. I Mm -hmm. think in part it's that digital baseline that's happening Mm -hmm. that is like, and it it starts out from the beginning and it just kind of persists throughout the entire song. Initially, when I first heard it, it made me think of like genetic sequencing. (laughs) Like, is Uh this compatible? Like, just kind of like going down like a chromosome map. Can we in Affect this person? Will it be reproducible? So, like, some like terrible scientists who are planning this zombie apocalypse to yeah. infect people. Yeah, I was in like a nefarious warehouse yes. where they were manufacturing like some kind of biochemical warfare thing that we've never, like, it's just really mind blowingly bad. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like, just don't do it, guys. No. Please do not do it. There's something about the frenetic pace of it, the fact that it is kind of mechanized, that is like we're churning something out. We're churning something out that's like very disconnected from the human touch. Yeah. There's no sort of consideration of flesh or body or skin, right? It's it's very metally and mechanical and repetitive. There's like this, like I'm really Mm. bad at making it. I love it. It's like an alarm. It's like a a siren. Like it sounds like a tornado siren or like in a movie when like some some terrible thing is about to happen yes. or an air raid siren it's just like it's a high anxiety song thankfully it's yeah. only like two minutes long so yeah <laughs> you know it's a it's a quick chase you either succeed in the chase or you succumb to this biochemical warfare situation the singer uh whispers nasha every now and then it's kind of like coy and a little bit seductive or like she's whispering a secret you know and then learning that that means the sort of nuanced space between addiction and infection sort of an interloper in your own body 
almost like parasitic, I guess. I don't know. It's a little bit beguiling. They're like, ooh, don't you want to try it? Right. Don't you want to become this weaponized zombie thing? Like, it might be fun. It might be fun. Right. (laughs) You might get to come to this cool industrial warehouse party that we're throwing. The secret of my black eyeliner. It's actually the vector of infection, you guys. So... This next song I'm going to play is by a group called Grave Diggers, and they're kind of a super group from the early yeah, 90s. Yeah, I remember them. Oh, you do? Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah. Like RZA from Wu-Tang's in it and Prince Paul, mm-hmm. but they were, you know, the originators of horrorcore. Mm-hmm. A lot of their music, the instrumental part in the background is unsettling in its own way in addition to the content of the lyrics. So I picked this song because it feels kind of like the resurrecting of the dead. Cool. Six Feet Deep by Grave Diggers. It's so spooky. It's like cartoony spooky. It was like a roving band of skeleton dancers, like with all their weird, strangely tuned instruments. Like you have this weird kind of toy-ish, out of tune sounding piano. You have jangly chains. Yes. Slash tambourine. Like I'm thinking of like the Nine Inch Nails chains on a drum. I'm like, oh, I wonder if they picked it up from them. (laughs) You have like a out-of-tune guitar kind of like yeah and then like you have this spooky it sounded like a theremin but it also sounded like a halloween decoration ghost that kind of like moans at you when you walk by it's like so you have all these kind of funny toy-like instruments but put together like it creates such a playful but also spooky and dark mood because it's so unsettling it feels like something that like shouldn't in quotes exist Mm -hmm. it felt kind of uncanny in that way too like I recognize the pieces of this but Mm -hmm. how it's coming together there's something off kilter about everything that's happening here and then on top of all that like you have them rapping like really staccato Mm -hmm. really on the beat and it sounds like they're just stomping and trudging forward and like maybe they're zombies maybe they're like ghosts or skeletons but like their bodies aren't yes, fully functioning definitely to me it really felt like i don't know something recently resurrected like yes. learning how to use that body again mm-hmm. and like walk mm-hmm. the chorus comes in too like they're spelling the name of the group like g to the r to the a to the like even spelling that out feels still like relearning how to be a human it's super unsettling but it is also kind of funny because i do imagine like because it's so jerky these zombie like creatures like trying to put on a hat and they're like nope i missed (laughs) kind of play acting at doing human things but not quite knowing how to do that Six feet deep, 
I love the song because it works as this sort of goofy horror comedy vision I'm getting. But also, like, I could see this, like, cut into a movie with, like, real actually terrifying, half-dead, zombie-like, uncanny beings. And there's something really scary in watching this thing come back to life and trying to figure out how to move and like talk and spell like that that is very creepy because there's a lot of unpredictability around that the thing about the chains that I kept thinking about too and again because it's so jerky Mm -hmm. I kept thinking about people on a chain gang Mm -hmm. like picking with the axe because that's also such a measured rhythmic thing you know if we think about the weight of history I was just looking at Mm -hmm. this book about convict leasing I mean there's a pretty direct way in which bodies on chain gangs which are mostly black are dehumanized yeah and turned into things that can't move on their own free will Mm. because they're literally chained together and in a way like because the structure the power like it turns bodies on chinking into these mechanized, dehumanized, zombie-like creatures. So I think this could be really interesting also cut over a scene in a Baz Luhrmann, Romeo plus Juliet type way in like something that is supposed to take place in kind of the Jim Crow era mm-hmm. South mm-hmm. that has to do with convict leasing. I think yeah. it would be a really unsettling and interesting song for that. Exactly. Powerful and unsettling. <laughs> Oh, God, everything is hard. Everything is hard and terrible. Don't worry, though. If there's the hell below, we're all getting... (laughs) Curtis had it figured out. He was like, guys, don't worry. We're all going to hell. And then Larice, you know, I was like, oh, honey, like, nothing's as scary as your own face in the mirror. (laughs) (laughs) This mangular, the boss, this strangler, heated and trapped in a fury. I hate that devil, the rhyme rebel. My heart terminates, subduing and bold for ride. So Gloria Ann Taylor is, um, from my very cursory research, kind of a forgotten soul artist from the 70s. And she makes kind of spooky, off-kilter soul music, and it's really beautiful, and I find it very haunting. Um, This next song is called World That's Not Real. I imagine this as the perspective from a reluctant zombie who is just sort of realizing, like, oh my gosh, like, is this real? Like, that that moment when you kind of realize, like, this world isn't made for me. Mm -hmm. I don't fit into this world. Is there something wrong with me? What's going on? This is World That's Not Real by Gloria Ann Taylor. Impressions. So it starts out with these sort of like creepy cinematic horror strings. Definitely. Um, And at some point there's an organ that comes into play and it sort of sounds like a gloomy church organ or something. It definitely is ominous. And even like the first note that she sings, she's a little bit flat, which ends up creating this really nice microtone. Mm. You know, I want to make it quote right. Mm. But like, why? Why do I want to make it right? Like the last song, there's something that's not right that's happening. And I need to correct it somehow because there's so much vocalization that doesn't have words that doesn't have lyrics in it Mm -hmm. it's kind of all over the place and it feels like these uncontrolled thoughts too Mm -hmm. like words don't even matter 
and I just need to get out this kind of sound. Mm-hmm. I just need to express something. Totally. Yes. I think that's a like a huge part of why I was drawn to this song. I mean, really similar to the last song. There's this sense of like attempting to be human, attempting to communicate or attempting to just try out your body or your voice without necessarily knowing how to do it. And like and not yeah. in like a kind of naive way, just in a way that's like you're so like disconnected from your body or reality or a certain experience that like you just kind of have to throw everything out there and try it it almost feels like a medium doing automatic writing Mm. but with like vocalization and singing yes definitely a dark song there are some moments where it picks up and becomes a little more uplifting but i keep saying this word liminal space but the song really is in that space that doesn't have like a firm ground you know you don't really know where it's going no i kept writing down like warbly unsteady like wavering like kind of being sucked back down to hell or (laughs) back to like the spirit world or to the dead yeah it's a song in between states yeah there's one part in particular there's almost like a squeeze that happens with uh-huh. all of the sound in the song so it feels like you're sucked in or like transported somehow through the song into another plane mm-hmm. in that it's it's so momentary and I think you could easily miss it which makes it even creepier yeah. because you might not notice that you're getting squeezed and sucked into a world not for me no you're not for me no say you're not for me Okay, this last song is a very different tone than this kind of darkness we've been into. I feel like we're, we started with something that sounds happy and we're going to end with something that sounds happy. The reason I chose this song is kind of that capitalist zombie that we were talking about before or the zombie mm-hmm. of repetition, the zombie of being like everybody else, yes. all of that. So this song is called More of the Same and it's by Carolyn Rose. Impression. So as soon as the like organ synth line, which goes throughout mm-hmm. the entire song, comes in, I, I was sort of transported into this retro suburban retail mm. scene. Then immediately, like the singer puts us in a grocery store, like endless aisles of, I forgot what she says, but we're in this sort of really banal, everyday scene. And then I got this sense that like, oh my God, she says like, we all have the same alternative <laughs> haircuts. And if you've ever gone to like an alternative indie concert yep. and waited outside, like, you know what she's talking yep. about. So I was sort of in this like suburban, but alt, like Stepford wife type oh, territory. Yeah. I love that kind of reimagining of that level of like conformity. and Right. 
robotic zombie type people. Oh my God. I want to imagine that Stepford Wives. Like I know there was that redo with Nicole Kidman that Uh took it up to the early 2000s. And I want one though that's like all of these alternative (laughs) haircuts and like everybody's buying like, you know, vegan patties. Indie parents on Instagram. like With the same sleeve of tattoos. Jesus (laughs) Christ. Yeah, the alternative haircuts thing, uh, it really, that's always stood out to me because when I was living in the Bay Area, like, I am kind of perpetually uncool. Like, I don't appear Uh alternative. So, like, I would go, like, visit friends in San Francisco and get off at the Mission BART stop. And I was like, everybody had a fucking alternative haircut and made up a song that was, like, you know, something about how I wasn't going to find anybody. And the lyric was, I didn't have an asymmetrical haircut. <laughs> it's so she true. She knows what I'm talking it's so about. True. like really like I felt like just really stuck yeah definitely. but then the chorus comes in and I'm like it breaks that I started swaying like she gains a little bit more power mm-hmm. it's fun like it's just really satisfying but then it goes right back to that you know it just plods along like I loved it but it's a little bit depressing yeah. like it is a happy song but she feels so resigned and stuck in this world like there was another line where she's like you can no longer afford to support your writing career I'm I know like, oh, man that's, that's so real and so sad <laughs> yeah you? I think the line is something <laughs> Like, and the words mm-hmm. that I'm reading are spit out by a woman who became a teacher because she couldn't make ends meet on her writing okay. career, yeah. which is like very yeah. real. And also how we kind of all end up getting folded back into the system. Right. You know, you're trying to break out on your and you're trying to like show that you are this individual and you get sucked into realities of existing in our capitalist system Mm -hmm. you become part of this uh educational system too that like despite like the efforts of many wonderful educators when she says like the words spit out by this woman that is unfortunately how you know we create educational policy is Mm -hmm. like do these students remember facts or do they know a thing and they can fill out a scantron sheet and do it correctly so for me the organ notes because they're so persistent and as you said they last throughout the whole song it really Mm -hmm. is just whether you want to or not it just propels you forward it's like you got onto a conveyor belt it does end kind of dreamily and i think there's this hope for me at least Mm -hmm. that like she escaped she got out that organ ended and it kind of faded into something a little less discreet as in like individual not discreet as in shh Mm -hmm. and one hopes that's how she escaped I love that optimistic (laughs) yeah I want that for her she couldn't make ends meet from her I'm not planning to resurrect any bodies intentionally. No way. Well, if we accidentally do, though, they have some jams to listen to. 
and to like try to figure out how to be in human bodies. Like if you happen to be listening to this and you're undead, we've done a pretty good job of kind of tracking your emotional states and offering you a way out if that's what you want. Yeah, and let us know if we haven't. But don't haunt us. No, go to impressionspodcast.com and contact us. If you have song ideas of your own that you think we should listen to, feel free to give us an email. Theme ideas, we're open. Also, don't forget to rate and review on iTunes. It's important. It's important. Don't forget. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Those were our impressions. Ah.